the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Answer San Diego. Election Night Night 2022. Welcome back to Election Night 2022. Right here on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 North County. Ed Martin had to say goodbye to us from uh, joining me on the first two hours of our midterm election coverage. Hopefully you guys enjoyed my time with him. It's always great to get his perspective. And we also had just some great guests Uh, for you guys before but we got two more hours of this special night to share with you guys because we just have the polls closed here in california still lots of results hopefully that we're going to get tonight we actually have results happening didn't really think that thought with all the mail-in ballots and absentee that would probably be days before we found out anything about any of the elections but we actually already have some results we've had some great wins tonight on this midterm election night but we've also got some disappointments and even though i'm disappointed that my buddy ed martin had to say goodbye uh two of my favorite people in the world are joining me now um my um, I gotta think of another food term to give him besides fried chicken. I know, maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm gonna also say that he's my yummy tortilla since I'm enjoying the best food ever. Uh, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America, I gotta tell you, uh, we've got these people, Miguel and Sandra from this restaurant called Steel 94 that sponsored tonight's show that has hooked me up oh. with, they've hooked me up with the yummiest tortillas, Mexican food, albondigas, shrimp oh, in a, uh, shrimp in a poblama so cream. So I'm, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. It's amazing. If you're in San Diego, y'all need to go to Steel 94. I'm just telling you right now. Um, so maybe tonight you'll be my yummy lard-filled tortilla joining me. <laughs> I've also well, got my, are, yeah. silly. <laughs> I know. I've also got my friend Jen Kearns, who's going to join us in a moment. She's host of an amazing radio show. She's all-American, Jen. But before I bring her in, she's always, she's she's a GOP strategist and was behind such propositions like Proposition eight here in California. She's got amazing insight as to what's going on in California, even though she doesn't live here anymore. I'm going to bring her in in a moment. But Brian Maloney, before I bring her in, I just saw the news that Balduck, I never know how to pronounce his name, he's officially lost. The race has been called for Maggie Hassan. And I just feel like that was an opportunity lost there. Well, it really was. And I mean, uh, you know, I have to say that from what I'm seeing so far, I'm really not seeing the giant red wave that we were, uh, you know, seeing in the polls. And Bullock was uh, starting to move ahead in the polls. I don't know whether the polls were off because um, these races, a lot of them aren't as close at all as the polls indicated. So what's going on um, here? Uh, it's really, really strange. But and the, the other problem is, and the media may have called the New Hampshire race already, but uh, it also looks like Caroline uh, leave it uh, also with, for District One, New Hampshire. The former Trump uh, the staffer, who was mm-hmm. 25 years old, she was the head in the polls. But right now, uh, she's got 45 percent of the vote. Chris Pappas, the incumbent, 50, almost 55 percent, only 45 percent of the vote in. So I don't know how they're... I haven't seen the race called for Bolduck, um yet. I saw they're, it on Fox News. Saying, 
Oh, you well, Fox. Well, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm Same. not saying it's going to turn around <laughs> in our favor. And I mean, uh, AP says 45 percent of the vote has been so far. So who knows? One of the problems that's making this really frustrating tonight, Andrea, is when you go to each state's results, you don't know how that state's handling it. Are they? Who did they count first? The early votes, you know, like the early in-person votes, the early the mail-in votes, the day of uh, votes, you know, which mm-hmm. are they counting first? What are we seeing? And when they say, oh, well, 80% are in or whatever, we saw this two years ago, it'll say 80% in, and you, there's like a million more votes that come in behind it. Well, I thought it was 80% in. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, so it, you don't know what to believe anymore. You don't know what, what you're looking at anymore. Because we've turned this into a circus where right. voting goes on for a month. Right. And ball- they're saying that it's going to be a, at least a full week in, on Pennsylvania. But, a full right. week. That's crazy. Join, uh, I want to bring Jen Kearns into the discussion, All-American Jen. She's a GOP strategist, radio host at All-American Radio, got a new book out, The Real War on Women. And I know that, uh, Jen Kearns, I was going to bring you on to talk about some of the things related to ca- California, because e- even though you live outside of California now, you're still an expert on what happens here. But what are your thoughts on everything that uh, that Brian Maloney was just saying about tonight? Well, I am also lard-filled. I am pushing the midterms <laughs> 15 right now. <laughs> I want a nickname, too. Um, look, um, I, I think you guys are spot on. And, you know, I'm not for federalized elections because I think that can be very dangerous and lead to a situation as we see in some third-world countries, as we see in Iran, as we see in Russia um, and other places. But... But I think that the if we do win Congress, we've got to institute some national standard, at least, by which these uh, votes can be counted and reported. And what I would like to see is the percentage of votes that are coming in via these community drop boxes, right? Because we saw the film from Salem uh, this past year, uh, The 2000 Mules, and we know that there are... Uh, some shenanigans that happened with those. And, you know, I've never been against electronic voting systems. I was an assistant secretary of state in California many moons ago. Uh, we were the first in the nation to have those. Um, I've, you know, been in the room when they were being constructed and deconstructed. They tried to hack them. So I've never had a problem with the voting systems, but I do have a major problem with the community drop boxes because, uh, you know, as I talk to clients and, and folks who are doing the work, you know, doing the Lord's work, people like Harmeet Dillon, who was a longtime client of mine, and other people who look at voter fraud and what kind of lawsuits they're going to bring, the community drop boxes is just the, the biggest place that fraud's going to happen. Well, and the mail-in ballots yeah. themselves, as well as the absentee ballots, you know, because what it, what they provide is yeah. an opportunity for people like the Wisconsin Election Commission, who had no right to rewrite election laws, just decide that they were going to set up drop boxes and, and decide that they weren't going to do signature verification, just like we had down in Georgia. They were just going to change the rules on absentee ballots and just basically take... Um, these and that's not even getting in, into what with the mail-in ballots, right? Which we know, like with Zuckbucks, we know that uh, Zuckbucks were used to basically put up a bunch of, for in used for many different way, malpurposes, but one of which was to set up all these mail-in uh, drop boxes everywhere, a bunch of them in Democrat districts and almost none in Republican districts. I mean, it's just the mail-in, the absentee ballots were a bad idea, early voting was a bad idea, mail-in ballots were were a bad idea. We didn't have any of these problems when we had you 
you've had to vote in person on election day and we used a paper ballot and that's what we need to go back to. We are worse than a third world country. And I don't have any trust in our election system. I don't. Not when on election day, two years after we had all that fraud in, in 2020, we had a, an admission by the Maricopa County supervisors that over 20% of the machines had a problem. We had issues reported mm-hmm. in Michigan on absentee ballots. We had reports out of four counties in New Jersey that that not one Dominion machine was working. We had poll workers uh, kicked out of Fulton County because they were found to be Republicans. We yeah. just our, we just don't we don't have a solid election system in this country, and I don't think the solution is to centralize it. I think it's to have Republican legislatures get rid of all this crap. They got rid of mail-in ballots in France. They added they don't have it in, in Mexico, and they added voter ID turnouts up. They were able to get results same day. And, and yet we've had two years to work on this stuff, right. and some states did and some states didn't. I mean, I, what what are they waiting for? I don't know. But even the states that did, like with Texas, oh, the Democrats were all hysterical over the you know election integrity measures, and even like in Georgia, thinking, oh, look what look, look how it's suppressing the vote. The, and and what the Republicans did was actually expanded early voting. They actually eased up on a lot of right, things right, it, it, right. And, and what was supposed to be election integrity measures. We uh, we don't have anything if we don't have fair elections. And right now we don't trust it. But I do want to shift gears, Jen Kearns, because you texted me some really good insight into California early today that has to do with turnout. Share with that. Share that with everybody, please. Yeah, so a couple of hours before the polls closed in California, uh, I spoke with someone who gets paid to be as accurate as possible uh, about determining turnout so far. And uh, what he shared with me is that turnout was very, very suppressed in the state of California, uh, in, in particular among Democrats. And there's a couple of factors, I think, that, that we can attribute to that. First is that it was raining in uh, most parts of California today, cold and windy. Mm-hmm. And as the, uh, the 60s song goes, you know, it never rains in Southern California. But when it does, people don't go out to vote. And, and here's the odd thing. It's weird that Democrats don't go out to vote when it rains. Uh, Republicans do. Uh, so it always benefits the Republican Party when it rains in California. It's a bizarre thing. It goes back 30 years. And so we know that's part of it. But the other part of it, I think, was a great misstep that Gavin Newsom made uh, this year when the Dobbs decision came down. He immediately jumped forward and said, hey, if you're a woman in California, you don't have to worry about this abortion issue. It's going to be safe and legal and readily available. And in fact, we're going to make California a an abortion tourism state. And that was his pledge. And I think he really did the down ballot uh, candidate a disservice by doing that because there was no urgency, not as much urgency, at least for female Democrats to feel like they needed to really head to the polls as they did in the five other states where this was on the ballot. Um, yes, there was a proposition for it on the ballot in California, but that's really just a backstop for four or five years from now when Gavin Newsom is no longer the governor. And so I think he, he really screwed his down ballot folks. And this is part of, I'm not suggesting he did it on purpose, but Gavin Newsom has a history of making sure that he's always winning and the rest of his party is kind of following along uh, down below him. And, and I think a little bit of that was on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, 
Well, he's arrogant. He's narcissistic. He didn't care about what it might have done to anybody to, you know, um, who he might have destroyed, including any Democrats in his own party with his communistic crackdowns during COVID, right? While he sat up at French Laundry. He's incredibly arrogant and narcissistic. I just think I want to wrap this segment with you guys on the fact that, uh, I mean, here's a bit of good news. J.D. Vance was officially called, supposedly, for the race in Ohio. Um, I don't think that this is going to end up being the red wave that everybody thought it was going to be. But do you still think, Jen Kern, start with you, do you still think we're going to um, win control of the House and the Senate? I do. I think the House is going to be at least eight seats. Uh, that is a far cry. You're absolutely right from the red wave. Remember, a few months ago, I told you uh, those in leadership were saying they were going to win 50, not 15, 50 seats. Eight to 10, maybe 15 max is what we're going to win, but we're still going to win it. Uh, the U.S. Senate, I think, is possible now with this advanced race being called. And Oz still has a great chance. Um, it's going to take about 10 to 14 days for this to shake out. But the election lawyers who are on the ground on the GOP side, man, they, they know exactly what the Democrats are up to in Philly and all across the state of Pennsylvania. Well, thank you for being here. You've been spot on many times in the past, so I'm hoping you're right on that one, particularly the uh, the Oz-Fetterman race, because I just I just don't know that I want to live in an America that would elect a John Fetterman by hook or oh, by crook. No way. Right? Same. All right. Yeah. Jen Kearns, tell everybody quickly how they can hear your radio show and get and get your book. Yes, uh, they can follow me, social media, All American Jen or All American Radio. And uh, yes, the book, The Real War on Women, notice the mainstream media is not talking about the turnout of women voters tonight. Mm -mm. There's a reason for that. They didn't go for the Democrats this time. That's what my book's about. Uh, they can go to the real war on women.com and order it today. Well, um, I, I, your book was finished before Sunny Hostrin called us a bunch of cockroaches. So may, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you might need to add, add another chapter. <laughs> hey, I, I dropped off a couple copies at the view before I headed to DC today. Right. You can be sure of that. <laughs> well, th- <laughs> thank you for being here, my dear. Appreciate it. All right. Brian Maloney is going to stick around and you better too, if you know what's good for you. We've got more election night coverage on the way here on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 North County, streaming all over the world. Are you still waiting in line here in California to vote? How are you feeling about tonight's election? What's your experience? Anything you want to share with us? We want to hear it. 888-344-1170. Election night 2022. The Answer San Diego. Election night coverage is sponsored by Steel 94 Restaurant in the Rancho San Diego area. And visit steel94.com. The Answer San Diego. Election night. Election night. 2022. Welcome back to tonight's election night coverage, midterm election night. Was it a red wave across the country? Is it more pink? We've actually got some initial results here in California we want to share with you guys. Um, This is with uh, 25%. Um, returns. I got a text message from somebody who said, I want to know how they're calling these races so early before all the ballots are in. Well, yeah, like here in California, it, the race was called for Gavin Newsom as governor, like at 8.02. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, some other races here I want to share with you guys about controller. It looks like Lonnie Chen has a chance. You know, we support him here. Um, in terms of congressional races, um, uh, looks like it, uh, strong lead so far for Alex Padilla, the Democrat, Mark Moisier, the Republican. It's 57 to 42 at this point. 
Um, and Daryl Issa has a commanding lead at this point, you know, representative here from, from San Diego 48th District. This is for the San Diego portion only. He's at 58 compared to Houlihan at 41. In the Levin race, which is the one that we were just talking about with a strategist a, a little bit ago who said if there last hour said if there was one race that could be flipped from Democrat to Republican, it might be the, the Levin race. And this was the race that the Democrats were so concerned with that Joe Biden came to town the other day. Of course, Biden didn't go didn't bother to go to the border. Right. <laughs> but but he came to try to keep uh, Levin in, in his seat right now. It's at 58 to 41. So that's not looking so great. Scott Peters is looking like he's going to at least this is just as of now. We don't really at at 20 something percent reporting looks like Scott Peters is at 61 percent to Corey Gustafson, 31 percent scrolling down to some of the propositions. Um, It looks as though Proposition 1, which is the abortion tourism uh, initiative proposition um, that has a, a, a strong lead at this point. So. Um, We're going to get results every hour, I think it is. So we're going to stay tuned till shortly after the nine o'clock hour and we can give you some more information on uh, California. Um, We'll have to see. I mean, that that is a question for you, Brian Maloney. You've been involved in in so many campaigns over the years and and as well as media. How can you how can People are scratching their heads out there like they're seeing uh, races being called with only like 45 percent of the, uh, of returns in. Yeah. Well, for a lot of things that are going on that are weird tonight. One is the polls were showing a red wave. Usually the polls are, you know, working against us. Usually the polls show us doing worse than we actually do tonight, at least so far. Uh, you know, we're underperforming those polls. But the problem is right now, again, you still don't know which ballots were counted first. If, you know, if they counted a bunch of mail-in ballots, well, those heavily, of course, are weighted toward Democrats. Uh, early voting, we just don't know what we have so far. But I have some newer numbers than you do on these California House races. So I'm in front of me. Okay. Uh, you were talking about District 49, uh, where Brian uh, Marriott is the uh, Republican. That's 45% in now, and that's 43.5 for him. So still a 18,000 vote uh, deficit there for the Republican, but it wasn't quite as bad as the number you had. I don't know. But the bottom line here is, uh, you know, yeah, so if we end up only taking control of the House by 10 or 15, I mean, that's not much. I mean, we should have taken 50 or 60 as bad as things are. But a couple of things, you know, I wonder, are things really, have things gotten bad enough out there yet, Andrea? Uh, were this election held a month or two from now when the loaf of bread is $12 rather than 6 right? Or the gas is $12 a gallon or whatever is coming next. And you know it's just going to get worse from here. You know, how would that change? So I'm wondering if things have just not been quite miserable enough for people, uh, because why they would turn around and vote for more Democrats, it's absolutely unimaginable. But the other thing is this, you know, where were the Republicans nationally in creating any kind of clear communication as to what the party was fighting for? You know, we did not see Kevin McCarthy, who has been a very feckless leader so far, non-leader, 
And Mitch McConnell, who's been undermining Republicans at every turn, he's actually an enemy, uh, you know, could potentially still become Senate Majority Leader after tonight. Who knows? Could mm-hmm. still happen. Herschel Walker was ahead last they looked at, probably go to a runoff. But, um, you know, yeah, that's within so where 2000, was but... that scene? Yeah. Where, where did they say we're running on crime, inflation, gas prices? You know, they did a little bit, but they never had that 1994 contract with America where you knew where the party was coming from. They didn't do that. They didn't fight very hard. So it then became down to individual races where, you know, if the candidate was popular, maybe they had a shot, but the party left a lot of great people hanging. The state I'm, I'm waiting for numbers on. I don't see them yet. Uh, is Nevada because I think everything right now comes down to Nevada, uh, because we're underperforming in a lot of places. And there's weird things going on tonight. Well, okay. well, well let me, I got to interrupt you there, because yeah, we, yeah. we were able to reconnect with Matt Clink, who's here, and he's, uh, you know, uh, 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 I, I, maybe he's going to have better news for us. Maybe he's going to help us understand these new numbers coming out of California and make us feel better about what's happening across the country. Uh, Matt Clink from uh, California Strategies rejoins us on tonight's show. How is tonight shaping up for you, Matt Clink? You know, it, it's not a bad night. It's 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 a small wave. It's not a big wave. Uh, look, I, the Republicans were never going to win sixty seats. Don't forget, we didn't lose many. We gained seats in twenty twenty. So we're already starting from a, a pretty solid perspective. The Republicans are going to take the majority. Kevin Bass will be speaker. Uh, and in terms of the House, look, I mean, we, we pick up a seat in Nevada. Uh, you know, Fetterman is is or let me put it the other a different way. Dr. Oz is underperforming Donald Trump uh, in 2020. Uh, and it looks like Georgia is going to a runoff. Yeah. So, you know, the way it's going to end up, we're going to have a December 6th runoff and Georgia will control which party controls the Senate. That's not a bad result. I mean, you know what? A win is a win. It doesn't matter whether you're uh, whether you uh, it looks like a home run in the box score. Well, it's certainly not looking like a red wave. It's not looking like, you know, a star, you know, we, we also just got a couple of pieces of bad news. Gretchen Whitmer was called for governor in, uh, in Michigan over Tudor Dixon. Hochul was called over Lee Zeldin. Um, you know, it, it's ba- I'm baffled. I, it, you know, I think Brian Maloney, you were onto something there. Uh, well, well, you were saying, well, maybe if the election was held next next month and it was twelve dollars a loaf of bread. I mean, I guess the American people have not hit rock bottom enough. What is rock bottom for the American people, Brian Maloney? I guess it's well, not six dollars yeah. a gallon of gas. I guess it's sure. not empty shelves, right? I guess it's well, yeah. I mean, this is insane to me. Well, is it is it also possible that some of these voters just didn't hear where the Republicans were going to do anything differently? Um, and how do you turn around and reward Mitch McConnell with leadership of, of the Senate? Yeah. Uh, whatever the result is after numbers like this, where he fought. And what did he do? He fought our nominees in Arizona, in Colorado, in Washington. I mean, how many other states he fought us? He diverted money to our worst person running for re-election, Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, who's running against another Republican because it's one of those jungle thing races. Uh, you know, so, I mean, he's been hurting us. I mean, so, really. But there are races that are just baffling me right now with the numbers that are in. For one well, thing, well, hey, well so I'm going to ask yeah. you to hold that thought because at the bottom half of the hour, we're going to let Matt Clink go. He's going to be back with us, and maybe we're going to have more results. 
in the next hour to share with you guys, particularly here in California as things flush out. So Matt Clink, thank you for being here. We look forward to having him back next hour. Um, Brian Maloney, we're gonna, we're gonna take a break. We come back. We've actually got joining us Nick Adams, who I don't know if you're familiar with Nick Adams. I think he just crossed the 400,000 follower on Twitter, Mark. Um, he's Australian by birth. American by choice, as he says, he's part of Trump's America First policy uh, and uh, group, and he's going to be with us after the break. And Brian Maloney's going to stay over. So y'all stay tuned. We got more of our special election night coverage on the way. To say this election is important would be a massive understatement. Election 2022 will determine the direction of this country for years to come, with both the House and Senate up for grabs. Will we continue down the path we're on, or will we see a red wave? Election 2022. Election night coverage is sponsored by Steel 94 Restaurant in the Rancho San Diego area. And visit steel94.com. The Answer San Diego. Election night 2022. Welcome back to Election Night 2022. The red wave that's starting to look a little pink. We're going to continue to be here. we got another hour and a half on our coverage tonight. And uh, my, our dear friend Brian Maloney is continuing on with us, and we've got uh, joining us now is oh, I. As I love when I talk to people who've come to this country as legal immigrants who appreciate our country and what we were founded on, and what the principles for which we were founded. When when they appreciate that actually more than than Americans, and of course that is exemplified most by Nick Adams. Y'all know who he is, best selling author. He says he's Trump's favorite author, and I believe it. He's president of. Ad- one flag USA presidential appointee. He says he's Australian by birth, American by choice. He's an ambassador for America First policy. And I think he just crossed over to 400,000 followers on Twitter today. And it is Nick Adams. And he joins me now. Hi, Nick Adams. Welcome to tonight's election night coverage. Hello there. It's always a pleasure to join you and your listeners. What a night we've had. Well, how do you see tonight? Because there's some disappointment going on across the country tonight, Nick Adams. Look, I think every polling company that's ever been paid any money should pay it back because they're not really worth the uh, stuff that they've written their polling on. Unfortunately, uh, what we've seen tonight has been a very mixed bag. For the Republicans, uh, obviously the results have been markedly different in many instances from what the polling suggested. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate, particularly for Republicans and really anybody that wants the best for the United States. It's pretty clear that the last two years have been an abject disaster on almost every conceivable front. And to think that the repudiation has not been on the level that we were expecting uh, and that it should objectively be, I think suggests sadly that some of America's failings are a little bit more embedded than we'd like to admit. Well, I think that you're right. And I have been lecturing for a long time that the Republicans only want to talk about the easy things to talk about, low taxation and low regulation. In the meantime, and this has been going on for decades, and they, you know, avoided discussing that as soon as the Democrats decades ago started saying that if you wanted to, uh, it, 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 you know, um, 
follow election uh, um, immigration laws and you wanted to seal the border uh, that you hated brown people. And if you wanted to reform entitlements or have people work for a living, you hated poor people. Right. And if you wanted a woman to pay for her own birth control, you hated women and, the you know, the race card. They wouldn't challenge Barack Obama because they were accused of being racist. And when they were when they refused to engage in the culture war, they gave it up. They gave up the schools, our media, our entertainment institutions, all given away to the left. And the left has corrupted the minds of the American people to um, a best case. There's even conservatives that want to argue for things like government rung health care and worst case conservatives that don't seem to care that five year olds are being chemically castrated in this country. And I think tonight is a reflection of that. Do you agree, Brian Maloney? Well, look, so it seems to depend on the state. I mean, you know, Florida, there's a serious red wave in Florida. True. I mean, the elections there are being run flawlessly. DeSantis is probably the biggest winner tonight in this whole thing. I mean, his state, you've got results in right away. We're winning across the board. Florida is no longer a swing state. It is a red, red state. Ohio, really similar. So it seems to be in some places uh, the GOP has it together, and in some places it doesn't. And then there are weird things going on. We're underperforming the polls in New Hampshire by 10 points, but we're doing way better than expected in a, in a deep blue state like Connecticut, where a whole bunch of races are really close right now. So it's really strange. And the bottom line is maybe some of these things are going to flip by the morning one way or another when we find out which batch of votes goes in next. And I know that makes everyone really nervous, but there are situations where maybe that works in our favor. I'm still here waiting for Nevada results. Uh, I can't imagine the numbers I'm seeing out of Arizona right now and how poorly we seem to look right now. But again, what counties are those from? What do we have? We've got 48% of the vote in, but we're underperforming the polls by a lot. So does that tighten up later um, or not? I mean, it's, that that is unknown right now. So and and then we and then wh- however it fleshes out, it wasn't the red wave that people were expecting. And then we've got to figure out why, and we've got to get rid of anybody that's an elected official, or more importantly, in my opinion, anybody who's part of the consultancy class that's been controlling campaigns, controlling the flow of money to campaigns, because there's too many of the same people that were the uh, were have been architects of failure. They continue to be hired to run campaigns. Tell everybody, Nick Adams, about A1 Policy. You're an ambassador there. Is that is is that a group that, that can help us figure this out? Look, uh, America First Policy Institute is a non-profit, so they don't have a direct involvement in politics. But like many organizations, I'm sure that they can help us frame and understand precisely what is happening here tonight. I think your assessment was pretty pretty bang on. Uh, but what tonight shows me, guys, is that every political race, even if you're in the same state, even if you're competing in the same county, every political race is its own unique animal. And that's why we saw Brian Kemp do a lot better than Herschel Walker, uh, we saw Governor Mike DeWine uh, re-elected within, I think it was 50 minutes after polls closed, mm-hmm. uh, compared, of course, to J.D. Vance, who has gone on to win. But every candidate is different. Every race is different. 
the circumstances of each uh, contest are also different. And, and so it's really hard to kind of put your finger on one general thing. I think in terms of the general stuff, you were, you were pretty spot on. You know, conservatives and, and Republicans like to rail against political correctness, but they're usually still pretty much uh, the victims of it. Uh, they don't like to speak about the things that need to be spoken about because they're afraid of being tarnished or tarred uh, by by the left. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've got to realise is that no matter what we say, we're always going to be tarred and feathered by the left, even if we're as innocuous as we can possibly be. Well, yeah, uh, the, the, there's far too many, um, far too many re- Republicans that are still willing to go on these media outlets, these Sunday talk shows and these CNN shows, uh, knowing that they're just going to be, you know, uh, treated like crap. And, and all they're doing by, for going, by going on some of these shows is actually continuing to enable and, and encourage and participate in false narratives being declared against us. Um, and, and there's, there's just, I think there's something that, that happens too with the um, and, and we've we've got to have people that are not um, going to Washington to be part of the permanent power structure. I'm beginning to think that maybe uh, term limits is something we need to consider. There are those who say that term limits actually have a counter effect that, you know, then somebody's only going to go there without if there's not a concern to be reelected, then they're just going to go and, and slash and burn and they, they won't they there's not an ability to be held accountable that will restrain them. I say the power of the incumbency is too strong and that the the ability to restrain somebody is not having it set up for them to where they can be a permanent part of the power structure. Um, what do you guys think about um, term limits? Oh. <laughs> Brian, do you want to take that one first? Sure, sure, yeah. Brian? Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, what do you uh, think of term limits? Oh, I mean... <laughs> Where do you, I, I was just absorbing all the things that you were saying. I mean, I think there's so much to pick apart there. Term limits could be an answer. One of the things that's really bothering me, that's been bothering me for weeks, you, you mentioned something a few minutes ago about the consultant class in Washington that we can yeah. never get rid of year after year and the think tanks that absorb all of our money uh, and then do nothing with the money except pay their executives and yet conservatives donate to them. You know, so much money is being wasted. Um, we're being outspent on all these major races. The Democrats have well-heeled donors. We don't. I mean, uh, the money advantage is insane, uh, the difference. It, so, you know, how were we going to win so many of these races? We had a party that wasn't focused. Uh, we had a, a money disadvantage. We have the media against us. We have what do we have for us? We have got Washington against us. I mean, maybe the only thing we really had this time were polls that swung in our favor over the last two weeks, and some of them are turning out to be not accurate. Uh, I'm going to say, though, uh, that it's possible that some of these races are going to flip our way later. I've been watching these numbers coming in later. We may not end up being as bad as we thought. Well, I, it's, it, I'm just focused right now on the, on the ones that have already been called. And yeah, so and uh, and it's just it's a disappointing night. And I and I and my disappointment is in some ways is um, as much against the voters as it is um, uh, uh, against the, the, you know, the 
the power class and the elites, the consultancy class and those in power, because, you know, um, the American people should be smart enough at this point. There shouldn't be one Democrat winning. In my opinion, Uh, you know, um, Nick Adams, before we leave as an immigrant into this country, is America now the country that you does it still resemble the country you came here and fell in love with? Look, look, (laughs) you've got you asking me that question at a a very difficult time uh, here tonight, because I share the same disappointment you have. With what's going on, I, I would have thought that the American people would have reacted differently to what's happened over the last two years than what they appear to have done tonight. Um, I would say that I still remain very optimistic about the United States, and we have to. We have to. There really is no alternative. We can't abandon America because America's all we've got left. So we have to all be all in for America to begin with. But in addition to that, what I would say is uh, the greatest country in the world should not have elections where you can go to sleep on election night at midnight or 1 a.m. and believe that somebody is winning or has won only to wake up the next morning and find out that they haven't. Mm-hmm. That, is not, that is not the way that elections should be run. In the world's exceptional premier pinnacle country, you should not have voting booths run out of paper. Mm-hmm. You should not have machines breaking down in the most contentious and politically tight state imaginable. None of these things do anything for the environment or for people's comfort level. And until these things are addressed, we can really forget the broader idea of Uh, saving America and doing all of that stuff. In order to be the premier country, we have to start making sure that we act like it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm glad you you, um, said that because nothing matters if elections don't matter. Coming up at the top of the next hour, I've got Dr. Frank who's going to be joining us. Uh, to give his perspective, he actually uh, had a case that he won in Oregon uh, involving uh, election integrity. So I'm looking forward to having him here. And I thank you for being here tonight with us, Nick Adams. Um, Thank you. Uh, Like I said, I love an immigrant who comes into this country legally in love with what our system is all about. And and I and and following we didn't have time to get into the whole Hooters thing that was going on on your Twitter feed. But thank you for the laughs today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a new book coming out so we can talk about that next time. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, And you guys, if you haven't rejoined Twitter, if you left Twitter and you haven't rejoined it, Nick Adams, his Twitter feed is just a joy and it's just hilarious. He's a reason alone to go back on Twitter. Thank you for being here tonight, Nick Adams. All right. Thank now, you. So thank you. now uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. Um, we're going to revisit. We're going to take a look at California. Look at see some more um, election results here with Tim Rosales, Republican strategist. Stay tuned. Election Night 2022. The Answer San Diego. Election Night coverage is sponsored by Steel 94 Restaurant in the Rancho San Diego area. And visit steel94.com. The Answer San Diego. Election Night Night 2022. Welcome back to our Election Night coverage tonight. Got to continue to give a shout out to the best restaurant in San Diego. And thanks to Miguel and Sandra 
of Steel 94. The food is just absolutely amazing that we had tonight. Just a smorgasbord of just phenomenal Mexican food. So many San Diegans don't go to Puerto Nuevo anymore because it's just too dangerous to go go down there. But guess where you can go for some Puerto Nuevo-style lobster? You can go to Steel 94. Um, and then, you know, then you can go back the next morning, Saturday or Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast and get some buttermilk biscuits, right, and some pork sausage gravy. It's a nostalgic country roadside yummy place to visit they got karaoke live bands it's just perfect for family and friends i cannot tell y'all enough about how much i love this place and you need to go there still 94 all right uh, continuing the discussion tonight brian maloney has stayed with me of course and then we've also rejoining us is tim rosales from uh, republican strategist and president of the rosales johnson agency hi tim welcome back Hi, Andrea. How are you? Good. Um, what do we know so far about results in California? Well, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the early ballots, you know, come come in. And uh, as as we all know, the uh, early ballots are going to favor the Democrats. Uh, Democrats uh, tend to vote uh, earlier, send in their ballots. Those are first that are going to be counted. And in some of these close races, you're going to see Republicans kind of crawl back uh, through the night as those Election Day, you know, votes are counted. Um, the big question is whether or not that falls off a little because of the rain and weather throughout California today, um, you know, and uh, whether that impacted Election Day voting and Republican turnout on Election Day. Yeah. Anything surprising you in terms of, well, it's so hard to say, you know, it's like it, it, it's it's usually before all the mail-in ballots and absentee stuff, we'd go, okay, X percentage is in. It's really leaning. We can pretty much, it's it's like an eight point or whatever, 10 point. We can pretty much say this person's going to win, but we can't do that anymore. And as Brian Maloney has been sharing with everybody throughout the show, is that every state does it different. And maybe even every county, which ones they count first versus which ones they save for, le- for last. We've got like in Arizona, for example, to where machines malfunction. So they tell everybody, here's a paper thing to fill out and then go take it over and drop it off in a box in the corner and who knows when that's going to be counted it's just it's 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 become an impossibly complicated mess of a system hasn't it well you've got you know the the history of of you know early voting in california goes back a long time and it used to be uh that uh republicans were always the early voters in fact we would see republican candidates traditionally you know tick up very quickly on election night and we'd always have to caution, well, wait, wait, because, you know, the Democrats vote on Election Day. And then about six years ago, that changed. Hmm. And what we've seen is, uh, you know, that that Democrats have become more frequent early voters and Republicans want to hand in their ballots on Election Day. I mean, I remember uh, running campaigns in San Diego back in you know, the early 2000s where, you know, we would, uh, you know, the, the older Republican voters in North County, Escondido, Poway, Rancho Bernardo, uh, you know, those areas, they were, you know, they were reliable early voters uh, and, uh, and, and they would get their ballots in and then you'd have the younger voters uh, that we would see turn out on, on Election Day. Uh, and that would always make some of those races, you know, very close. And now that's flipped. So um, I think that, you know, what we you know, really have to do, I think, is in terms of Republicans, uh, is make sure that that we you know, don't allow any room for error at all and get our ballots in whenever we can do that. Right. To maximize Republican turnout, because we know if we can do that, then, you know, we can we can really impact and affect a lot of these close races. When do, you obviously are an expert in California politics, when do you think we're going to have uh, results? 
well, I think it depends. It, like you said, it, it counties do it uh, differently. And there are some counties that are great. Orange County gets their results in very quickly. Um, Los Angeles County takes a little bit longer. You've got counties in the Central Valley that take you know, even longer. Uh, and some of it is just because of you know, the way that their systems, that county system runs. Some of it's based on geography and how big these, these counties are. Um, I think that, uh, that many of these races, particularly some close ones uh, that we're looking at uh, on the congressional side, we were not going to find out until well after midnight. Uh, on some of these local races, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we could, we could know fairly, fairly quickly. But, you know, I've been involved in several local races where, you know, it's taken days and even weeks uh, because you're talking about 10 votes here, 15 votes there. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's difficult. I, yeah. wish I, I wish I had a better answer. Well, maybe you'll have more answers in an hour from now because you're going to be back with us at 945. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, at least maybe on these propositions. Um, so, yeah, because, you know, it, we, it'd be nice if we had some, some certainty in, uh, going into tomorrow, at least on some races. So thank you for being here now, and we look forward to You're having welcome. you back. At 9.45. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. All right, Brian Maloney, we've got uh, uh, about two minutes left um, yeah. in this segment. It's looking like um, um, down in Georgia, which you know very well, it's looking as though yeah. Walker's within a, within a point of Warnock. Um, it doesn't matter because the Libertarian took 2% of the vote, so it goes to a runoff. But Herschel Walker is ahead of him by 0.4%. Uh, Herschel Walker right now is ahead by about 17,000 votes, latest update. So Herschel Walker is, I think, doing better than what the media had portrayed him. And they, they you know, according to them, he was going to be clobbered. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have this Oz Fetterman thing. And, you know, they're going to be counting ballots for a week, so who knows. But Oz is behind by 56,000 votes, about 1%. Uh, 50, actually, 52,000. Um, that just tightened a little bit. So we got 1% there. I don't know what to make of, of Pennsylvania right now, except I don't trust anything that happens there. Um, some of these other states. So I'm seeing house races start to flip our way in weird places. We were, so I've been watching this race in Connecticut, um, uh, House District 5, which was thought it might flip red. And it's flipping red. So uh, this candidate, Logan, this Republican, May may take that race. It's also got a New Jersey House race that's flipping our way, I think, unexpectedly. So let's not write off this night yet. I'm okay. seeing some things in the Northeast that give me glimmers of hope. Okay, um, I'm dying for some Nevada numbers. Well, you're going to be well, you're going to be with us for another hour. So, and I and I yeah. want you to be looking at Laxalt, look at Nevada, and and start looking mm-hmm. at Arizona. And uh, y'all stay with us. We got another hour coming up next. Is Dr. Frank. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.